I am ready. recording now. I'm ready. Oh, I've, ready. I've, I'm, I've been ready. Now. I've been. Oh, what was it from um, Harmonaholics? Are you wearing? Oh, I'm wearing. I'm wearing like a Baron. You wearing? <laughs> are you recording? <laughs> um, actually, no. <laughs> but <laughs> <laughs> are you are you wearing like a, flare a bathrobe gun? and a tank top? <laughs> I'm wearing like a bathrobe and a tank top, so I'm more like a frilled lizard type deal. I'm I'm wearing my uh, Bundesliga gear and my and my shit, and I was uh, the dumbass that didn't look and see that my team doesn't play till tomorrow. And a German dude walking his dog <laughs> definitely started talking to me, in, like full sentences in German, and I didn't understand a single fucking word. And I have to imagine it was, "Hey, dumbass, your team doesn't play today." You don't wear it beforehand. Yeah, oh, hacker shit like the day before they play all the time. I'm trying to figure out the the method to do this because uh, my my team is currently dead fucking last. They're one of three that have not won a single game this year, and so I'm trying okay. to figure out the magic mojo of what what do I have to wear? Do I wear my hat and my shirt? Do I wash my shirt? Do I wear just the hat? Do I wear just the shirt? Do I wear it the day before? Do I wear it the day of? Do I wear it in public? There's there's got to be a, some fucking mystical mojo to this. I know you understand. Oh yeah, hundred <laughs> percent. I got a question. I, I there is one question that I need to ask to like get some grounding here. Okay. Why are you wearing the hat? I don't know. I really don't. I well, I'm really... gonna say this is our dang this is our dang old cold open and welcome to the dang old podcast. <laughs> welcome everybody to the dang old podcast. This here is a weekly podcast where I, Johnny, and my good buddy Mark. Hey, we take two episodes of that beloved animation classic from Mike Judge, King of the Hill, and we break them down. We talk about the highs, the lows, what we likes, what we don't likes. Um, for some reason, we talked a whole bunch about Bundesliga here. I, yeah, it's it's been one of those weeks, guys. Uh, and then we wrap it all up and slap it with our patented rating system. Basically, we tell you if we think it's still worth watching, which most of the time, yeah, it's, I think I think we say it's pretty pretty good. Even here, well into season yeah, twelve. Yeah. Despite its best efforts, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's true. Well, Mark, <laughs> that being gonna... said, buddy, what do you think? You want to get into it? Yeah, Sorry. let's get. No, you're good. Let's uh, let's get into it. We are starting this week with episode two hundred and twenty-three. Holy shit, where has the the time gone, Mark? Two hundred twenty-three episodes. Dog yeah. gone crazy. Original air date January sixth, two thousand and eight. This is written by Dave Schiff. Mark, where did we see Dave Schiff last, or have we seen him yet? It's a, that's a new name for me, or newer. Um, we well, so we last saw him on Sweet Smell of Excess, and okay. I think that was the one where you had written that it was Sanjay Shah per the wiki, but IMDb oh. had said it was uh, Schiff, and so that was that kind of weird one. But that was gonna be his first was um, Sweet Smell. Okay. Okay. So cool. we have a return of this man. This is his second coming. Yeah, I love it. So to speak. <laughs> the second coming of the Schiff. Um, well, our cast of characters, as written by Mr. Schiff this week, are Hank, Peggy, and Bobby Hill, Dale Gribble, Bill Dotrieve, Boom Hauer, Luann Platter, Lucky Kleinschmidt, uh, the introduction of Oscar DeVries, Ladybird, Officer Brown, the return of Dr. Yandel, Nancy Gribble, Con and Min, Super Newsome Pone, and Doggy. Um... I, I think it's safe to say, Mark, that our A story this week is pretty much just Hank. Like, everybody's there, but really this is a Hank-centric story. And our synopsis, mm -hmm. when Lady Bird is put on the vicious dog list, Hank goes to the extreme to change her behavior. 
you know, I have a weird a weird throwback here uh, that we haven't done for a while, and I want to get it out of the way now. That way, I can just okay. I, I don't I don't have to like worry about going scrolling back up to my notes if I remember it or not. But I have a retro rage already for this episode. Oh yeah. Yeah. Does anybody remember Caesar Milan, the dog whisperer? Like, is he still on TV? <laughs> Wasn't he like widely discredited? I mean, it, one would fucking hope that he was widely discredited. Um, I just, I remember he was all the rage in 2008 when I was in high school in like, what was it? It was Animal Planet or Discovery Channel that he had his show on. It was one of the two of those. Um, and it was just yeah. like obnoxious levels of, that, that's what this channel has now become is it's nothing but Caesar Milan, the dog whisperer, for like hours and hours and hours, like our Pawn Stars blocks now, or our Deadliest Patches. Like, yeah. So, I don't know. I don't, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I'll, I, I'm trying to do a dump on him really quick. I could look, I made the choice to look into trans fats instead of uh, Caesar Milan. And um, I think I might have chosen wrong because I just got mad instead. Um, <laughs> calm assertive energy. Criticisms. Here we go. Uh, 2007 article in the Indian Scientific Journal. Um, some professional Indian dog trainers find Milan's methods outdated, flawed, unscientific, and inhumane. Uh, Milan's detractors say what he calls a calm submission is actually a state of help- helplessness as a result of the adverse dog training techniques. Mm. Uh, Malcolm Gladwell of the New Yorker said that critics were responding to the highly edited version of his approach shown on TV. So I guess we don't see him like, wow. Okay. Yeah. Uh, the Alan Titmarch show called his methods cruel and unnecessary in 2012. Okay. Citing a video in which Milan punched a dog in the throat. Jesus Christ. And, um, according to the RSPCA, uh, adverse training techniques which have been seen to be used by Caesar Milan can cause pain and fear in dogs and may worsen their behavior. Yeah, I think we can come down and say fuck Caesar Milan, dude. Yeah, guys, if if he is still on TV, don't don't give him money and and like syndication royalties by watching his shit. Like that sounds pretty horrific. And I I like that. What is <laughs> well, it, I don't think you can find him anymore. It looks like everybody pulled him. Um, sorry, I'm just kind of like dumping his Wikipedia article here. So, uh, 2016, the American Veter- Veterinary Society published a response to the airing of a popular TV show called Caesar 911, in which a dog being trained by Caesar Milan was attacked and injured, a, or attacked and injured a pig. Okay. Uh, so I okay that part wasn't as good. I read it wrong. I read that Caesar attacked and injured a pig. <laughs> Oh man, that, one, that uh, Caesar was sued thing. by a television producer in 06 who claimed that his dog was choked and forced to run on a treadmill at the psychology center. In 15, he was sued by a Florida nurse who said that he attacked a dog. Damn, or that it. She was attacked by a dog that Milan had passed from his training program. That's what it was. Okay. So he's. He sucks. Fuck Caesar Milan. Two, two, two wizards. Dangle podcast coming down saying fuck Caesar Milan. <laughs> He Basically. gave us a decent episode of South Park. Well, and I'm so I'm glad that you you pulled the the Malcolm Gladwell quote quote because that is a real thing, right? We only ever see the edited versions of shit, um, like us oh, yeah, as, us as the audience, and it's like okay, you can't really judge somebody based off of what is what else isn't seen. 
but all, you giving all these examples of people coming out of the woodwork, like, yeah, no, clearly this dude is is fucking gnarly and does it should not be around dogs. Anybody who hurts dogs, I don't care if it's in the guise of trying to make them better. No, if you're hurting animals, fuck. <laughs> but anyway, there's yeah. there's my reference rage because yeah, I didn't think he was still on on TV anymore. And unless yeah, you happen to be a big South Park fan or you were around watching shitty reality TV at this time, you probably don't know who Caesar Milan is. You could probably like start a weird TikTok trend about fuck caesar milan dude you brought we got we brought this guy back into the popular zeitgeist we're the monsters here it, guys if we see this fucker on on tiktok in the next like week and a half i want royalties or at least i Stop want to be acknowledged as a tastemaker <laughs> mark give me your notes no, for this episode we, we will never be on the cutting edge of anything don't you dare <laughs> we will never influence dick <laughs> oh notes uh baseball mitt bobby is a good little sight gag and i like it and then the rest <laughs> of the scene continues and i hate it oh yeah um what are your treasures the house is broken into your treasures what are you running to see if it's still there and safe oh um let's see here probably so my house right now, um, probably the uh, beer mug I'm drinking out of currently in my hand. Uh, it's a one liter okay. Bierstein from the Hofbrau in Munich. Um, not that it's like irreplaceable, but it's it's got a story behind it. And I'll probably keep it for the rest of my life because my father-in-law got it with me. And it's a nice memory to have. Um, right on. Oh... My mom's, uh, my mom's blanket. I've had a quilt that my mom gave me when I left for college in 2012. Um, she hand hand sews and has been hand sewing and hand quilting shit ever since I was a baby, like long before I was even born. That's her therapy. Uh, and so it was. It's kind of like a, a rite of passage in my house that you get a hand quilted quilt from mom when you leave the house. Oh. And it is like probably my most treasured and prized like physical possession and it made its way here i actually left it here when i was gone in in the states for six months because i knew that my my wife was going to need it because she knows how important it is to me and so when she was missing me she mm -hmm. could go and get it and it still smells like me like it's a whole big thing um i got you and i have a it's a set of technically it's a two two set of leather bound books but it's really one book that's split up into two bigger leather volumes because it's a thousand goddamn pages. Uh, but I have a signed leather copy, like leather bound copy of the way of Kings by Brandon Sanderson. It's the first book in his stormlight archive series. Uh, I paid a stupid amount of money for it on Kickstarter. It's also now worth like a grand because you can't find it. And he doesn't oh, sign his books like that anymore. And so it's not like numbered or anything, but it is signed in the front. And I'm like, okay, this is super fucking cool, but it's, probably the most influential book that i have read in the last 10 years like for me personally so those Damn, are those are my right. treasures what about you buddy okay and you fucking better um, say I've all the cool little... shit i've gotten you that's that's like dang old podcast related you better fucking say it <laughs> <laughs> i got this really cool cone of the barbarian shirt and backward japanese mm -hmm, uh, i've got this mm -hmm. super sweet tenacious d tie-dye shirt um it's got a sasquatch on it, it right yeah <laughs> It's got a Sasquatch, yeah. Yeah. Um, actually, so it, it's a uh, bronze bell from Greece that my 
that belonged to my grandmother's father. He brought it from Greece. It was one of like three little possessions that he had. Nice. Um, yeah, it's cast in bronze. It's got Athena's owl on the top. It's super cool. But he brought <laughs> yeah. it to he brought it with him from Greece when he came to America. He gave it to my grandmother. They were crazy poor dirt farmers in Nebraska, so like the idea of passing on anything was unheard of. Yeah. Um, and then when she died, I got it. Um, and then my mom made this um, little needlepoint of a rainbow when I was born, and I have had it since I was a kid. It's always been above my bed. It's above my bed right now. Guys, go out and give your fucking I, mom a hug. <laughs> I could lose literally everything else in my... I could lose all my other shit. Yeah. But I feel like if I lost that, I would lose a piece of my humanity. Yeah. Oh, ab- absolutely. Yeah. Guys, go out and hug your fucking mom. I can't do it because I'm so far away from her right now, but I will probably call her when I'm done with this. I hope you do. <laughs> I, I'd call mine, but I talked to her the other day, and it's six in the it's seven in the morning here now. So, <laughs> yeah, it's a little, little bit different for you. <laughs> and I'm gonna be drunk by the time we cut, so I can't be calling my mom at eight in the morning. I love you, mommy. <laughs> okay, okay. <laughs> That's nice, all right. Well, Mark. we're two Go sentimental somewhere. bastards. <laughs> um shut up bill the cops show up at hank's house all the time and nobody cares about your half-hearted suicide attempts at this point they're cheering you on yeah and the cops are never nice when they show up at hank's no like, no ever. like bill says it like it's a big deal like oh the cops are here it's like the cops are always fucking here the neighbors up the street like you know we always talk about what are the other people on rainy street doing they're like oh look the cops are at the hills house again god i wish they'd move yeah me too <laughs> um yeah yeah <laughs> that's been a through line for dangle podcast is just like for as good a neighbor as hank acts like he is he is a shit neighbor and brings brings a lot nothing of but heartache and misery rainy upon rainy street yeah yeah um man i want a spinning bookcase peggy's you know talking about where am i going to store my things <laughs> hank i keep telling you we need a spinning bookcase i want a spinning bookcase get out of my notes but also because it's it's kind of tangential to the high hammock family has brad ever told you uh brad of i can't wait to show my kids fame guys has he ever told you about his dad's spinning bookcase no yeah his dad's got a spinning bookcase that when you open it it has an original authentic prop from the batman show in from the 60s it's got a red phone from Batman. holy shit in his basement that's awesome it custom made it into his basement it's the coolest fucking thing ever at least he he did when we were in college i don't know if he still has it i knowing him i'm sure he does because he's just like the coolest fucking dude ever brad is so lucky to have his dad (laughs) I met him one time and he seemed like the coolest dude ever. And then like in doing show the kids, I'm like, Brad, I need to get to know your dad. You, uh, yeah, everybody needs to get to know his dad. He's just, he's wholesome personified. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, my dog has never done this before. Okay. Twice, but that's it. Whatever. <laughs> I just get out of my cons, Mark. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. No, we're on the same wavelength with this episode. I knew I knew we would be. 
Um, so this note is going to parallel into a side note that we'll get to in my cons. But so Dale is shitty about Peggy because he has been hanging out with men at the gun club. Ooh, okay. 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 Um, Peggy is reading A Dinner of Onions in Bed, and the old woman in the nursing home is also reading it, the one that Lady Bird doesn't eat. Yes. And uh, finally, it's going to be 69 degrees in McManerberry. Nice. <laughs> McManerberry, Mark! When will they learn? You never go ass to mouth. You, you never do. Bull. Bull, ass to mouth. <laughs> He's not tasting her meat. It's... That it brings... This is our worst episode. <laughs> it's, it's, this is definitely one of our silliest. I, I it has a new context when you talk about going ass to mouth. When the last thing I'm I'm sure I watched Rosario Dawson and she's just got tentacles all over the place. Mm. Mm. Yeah. And just one more. Mm. Okay, <laughs> moving on. <laughs> what are your notes, buddy? Uh, Fred Willard is back. Is he... So he... Is he back or is he here for the first time? No, so he's he's back, I think, but he's been demoted now because he's with the animal crew. Like, he's not on the actual cops anymore. He's, like, he's, no, he's on animal cop. control. No, he's a cop. No, I know he he is, but, like, he's he's hanging out. Like, they've, they've basically put him on animal control duty. He's, like, the, the side officer... That's dispatched with animal control now instead of being on like regular cop beats. So he's been demoted and he's mm. going to keep getting demoted because I'm barring next week. Uh, and, and we know why he gets demoted from uh, the next episode we watch. Um, he's eventually going to land himself at the, the middle school. Because we still haven't seen the Bazooms episode, right? Correct. Yeah. Well, that's why I wondered because I, I don't think we've seen him yet, have we? I could have swore we had. Hang on. Hang on. Yeah, hang look on. it up. I'm just going to pull it up. Cause... Look it up. Because this is what editing for. Jessica was like, you need to eat something up before you like drink that massive beer. And I went, it's a Kolsch. What's it going to do to me? And I'm like halfway through it, and it's doing things to me. <laughs> God damn it, Joni. <laughs> you know, 2020. I thought he died earlier than that. 2020? I he's in the last couple of seasons. Uh, well, he's in a bunch of seasons of Modern Family because he's Phil Dunphy's dad, and he looks old as okay. fuck in that show. I think I know what you're talking about. I remember seeing him in something and going, "God damn, Fred Willard got super old." Mm-hmm. Um, Fred Willard apparently showed up in Lupe's Revenge. Wow, that's way back. Oh there. no, you're right. No, you're right. I apologize. He showed up on New Cowboy in the Block. He was the cop. Then he was the game warden in Fish and Wildlife. Okay. So yeah, like could he it just be, he Johnny, just keeps getting demoted. Could it Well, could it be that he's getting demoted or or <laughs> this is Mike Judge saying that all cops sound the same and they're either Toby Huss or and or Fred Willard. All authority sounds the same, and it can be a nice voice like Fred Willard or a barking voice like Toby Huss. I don't, <laughs> I don't know. 
Point is though, you were right. This he is back. I'm sorry. Yeah, I no, don't it's know okay. Why I doubted you. No, it's like it's an interesting trajectory that we'll see because yeah, eventually, uh, with all of his love of salads, side salads, he's eventually going to land his ass all the way down at being an, a school resource officer at Tom Land. So, it's just kind of fun to watch Fred Willard. Um, you already mentioned this, but I also always have wanted a spinning bookcase in my house. That seems like the coolest fucking like luxury that anyone could ever have. That's how I will know that I have I've made smart choices in my life. Um, I want the thinkhole to have a spinning bookcase door. I need. I'm tr- since we've been talking about it, I have been thinking of ways to like hide the thinkhole main door with a bookshelf. Ooh. Okay. And I think it's more altering to my apartment than I am allowed to do per my lease. <laughs> uh, pr- probably. But- probably. But honestly, I think you could. You could probably. I'm trying to think of how you, you would do this in your hallway. I say that you, instead of a spinning bookcase, you have a hidden wall. Just a hidden wall there. Yeah. And you you, yeah. you do it all over, but you have a big obnoxious, like, I don't know, like a Conan painting. And you have to, like, mas- massage his jumblies just right in order to hit the, like, special thing. And it clicks the thing open and it can swing in. <laughs> Guys, Mark and I will, will, will demonstrate this one time, I'm sure, but... Anyway, uh, I also have on here Dinner of Onions it's gotta, times two. You gotta, you gotta, no, you know what you gotta do? You gotta open a door with your boner, but you gotta <laughs> do a voice command print that go, that's you going, come on, helmet head. Let's get it on. That's how you get in. <laughs> okay, I'm sorry, continue. <laughs> um, Dinner of Onions times two, you, you hit that one and you hit it good. Uh, last two notes I have, hard candy and wild turkey means that Bobby has found yours and my re- joint retirement room. Um, that's where, <laughs> that's where Ladybird would be going if she likes wild turkey and hard candy. <laughs> um, because our ladies will have long since either ditched our asses or died. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And it's just going to be you and I being obnoxious together in, in retirement together. Um, and then did you notice? I really hope that like all members of the high hammock family, like end up in the same home. Oh God. So do I. I imagine it's Which some would sort be of like ridiculous shit, VFW. But like, somehow, yeah. Or like we actually buy, you know, the podcastle up in Maine. And we just yeah. all get to end out our days up there. And the and then it just passes to Brad's kid because he's the only one because he's <laughs> the only one with kids, so <laughs> my last one here, Mark, did you notice Channel 82 has a new meteorologist? Irv Bennett did not last very long. No, he didn't. Yeah, just a little bit of continuity for everybody here. Uh, they still have a meteorologist. It's not, Nancy is no longer the weather girl, and that's sticking. But Irv Bennett, uh, my in my head canon, he actually was way too fucking good for Channel 82 and has moved up to one of the single-digit network channels, or he's gone to Dallas to become a much better fucking meteorologist. Okay, mm. cool. Right on. Yeah, Continuity. Anyway, Love those it. Are, uh, those are my notes here. Give me your pros, man. Um, pros. I'm not going to read the first one because we already struck it down. Um, pros. Peggy's butcher knife. Why? <laughs> I don't care. Get out of As my As somebody notes. who has slept with a katana by his bed for the last 20 years, I understand. Yeah. <laughs> um, Lady Bird's birthday hat and Hank's wallet. That's a, all right. All right. I buy it. I buy it a hundred percent. He would. Okay, fine. We. I'm pretty sure it's a callback to something. At one point, he says, "I'm sorry, I didn't have a more." Uh, it, it's it's the. Isn't that a callback to Sir Punt? 
No, Don't we it's... see Lady Bird's birthday party in Serpent? No, it's... Maybe? Maybe that might be it. Um, but I swear there is a, a moment in the Bandit episode. God, why am I not remembering this? I've had beer, that's why. To kill a ladybird? To kill a ladybird where, where Hank is making posters or he's making pictures like like missing posters and he says i'm sorry i don't have a more recent photo this is her from her birthday interesting okay i could have swore that's the last time we saw that type of picture because he's like yeah it was her birthday like three weeks ago sorry i don't have anything more recent and i'm like that's that's the gag that you're just like everybody else nowadays and takes 900 million pictures of their animals myself included <laughs> It's too too much. Way too much. It is. Sorry, I'm going back. I'm trying to watch the opening credits to Sir Punt, and the, it's not. She's wearing a hat, and Sir Punt doesn't have the cake. Okay, there we go. Okay. Either way, it's cute as shit, and I love it. <laughs> um, Hank genuinely wants what is best for Lady Bird in... Two years of doing the show with you and me bitching about the geriatric ass pork chop. This is a genuinely sweet episode, and it's kind of hard to watch because we've all lost pets or like watched pets, you know, decline. Into and that. Yeah. this is like one of the last, like one of Lady Bird's last hurrahs, so to speak. In that, right? They do this really well. It's kind of what we we're talking about last week with like we're kind of just tying up a little bit of loose end with episode because we've watched this show now for thirteen years or whatever. Yeah. And this goddamn ancient dog is still alive. I want resolution. Oh, well, now she's deaf and likes old people. Cool. <laughs> um, Peggy has a line. Old people are always dying from stupid things. And I laugh way too hard. <laughs> and then um, I like the scene where they're hunting Lady Bird through the hall. And it's supposed to be dramatic and tense and tight. But it's like, you know, it's just a dog ass walking lazily through holes. Mm-hmm. I like that a lot. It's a it's a really good shot, scene, montage, whatever you want to call that. Oh yeah. Yeah. What are your pros, buddy? Uh well, you definitely hit a couple of these here, but um so first off, I'm gonna try and change your mind about that opening sequence. Uh and here's my way Kay. of doing this. My headcanon is that Bobby is intentionally making Hank mad with his antics. Like, he's heard Hank so many times saying, you know, straighten up, keep your eye on the ball, do this, do that. And in my mind, it's like, oh, how am I going to piss my dad off? How am I going to, like, really just get his goat? I'm going to sit in the on-deck circle and not going to swing. I'm not going to take practice swings. Or if I do, I'm just going to, like, run around in circles and make myself super dizzy. And then I'm going to screw with him and try and bat from the wrong hand just because I can. Like, in my mind... So so you think he's doing bit, not being out and out dumb as shit yeah no i think he's doing a bit and i think it's not just like in my head canon is that he knows it's gonna piss hank off at least a little bit like he's gonna get a reaction out of him but he's also gonna get a reaction out of the rest of his teammates right bobby is the showman he even talks about i was gonna swing i was gonna like walk like an egyptian back to the dugout on my third swing like I think it's all So very this was him and he blocked out the he had already blocked out all the bits and okay. Yeah. Okay. I, I think I think he has heard Hank bitch about this so much that he just blocks it out now. Yeah. <laughs> he just he just has fun with it. Okay. Well <laughs> shit, you got okay, you got me. Okay, you really got me. I that's my way of liking the beginning here, because if I if I look at it through that lens, it's way less infuriating than the nine hundred other fucking episodes we've seen Bobby be bad at sports in. 
Um, let's see. Next one here. You already okay. hit it, but Peggy going hard with the butcher knife. Um, we've seen her already jump out of bed with, uh, I want to say she busted up a chair leg and had that with her at one point. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. She kung fu break. Oh, shit. Which one is that? Oh, I, I have to. I don't remember. I definitely don't remember. I don't either. It's now it's gonna bug me. God. Okay, so two years in is apparently our limit. <laughs> Much like is. Sasuke Uchiha, we can only do two before we start breaking our arm. Guys, I with the Chidori of knowledge that is complete and total king of the hill. Well, I know I, the scene exactly. Oh, so do I. So do I. I, I just I wanna make it I wanna make a point then if we're gonna bring this up for a second. That in two years, Mark, I have not watched a single episode out of sequence. With the exception of, I broke that rule two nights ago with my wife, and I watched a single episode because we were talking about King of the Hill, and I said, do you have an episode you just want to watch? And she did. And so, we watched a season one episode. And then you and I watched okay. uh, uh, Firefight and We Will Go one of the last times I was down in the thing hole. Yeah. yeah. That's it. Guys, I haven't gone back and rewatched any of this in almost two years. So the last time I watched the pilot was over two years ago. <laughs> yeah, we're, we're definitely getting a little hazy. But anyway, long story short, Peggy is now uh, graduated from busting up the chair leg. She's got the butcher knife. I'm fucking in for it. Um, I also took note, it's a pro in here, the animation of Ladybird's shadow as they're stalking her through the halls of the old folks' home. I thought that was cool. I appreciated that they took the time to do it. It's like old school, almost... Uh, Almost slasher movie vibes, right? Mm -hmm. Like where mm -hmm. you, you see the bad guy and you just see his outline going down the hallway and all that stuff. It's it's definitely silly because it is. It's just a fucking dog. But I'm like, okay, you guys made it a point to, to like score the music correctly here and light everything correctly and, and do this whole bit. You committed to it. I appreciate it. Uh, my last pro in here is a throwback of continuity. Can you guess what it is? Oh, shit. No, what is it? It's Lady Bird's uh, commercial that she doesn't like because it's a throwback to Megalomart, you'll show up here for the rest of your life. How, how long okay. ago did we hear the Megalomart theme song? That's from season one. That's the only reason you remember it is because you just watched it. No, I'm no, it is not. I swear to God, it's not. But I know that that's it's that's like that when they introduce the concept of the Megalomart, that's yeah. where they do it because it's yeah, before yeah. Chuck Mangione. That's the only time that we hear a theme song that's not Chuck Mangione. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Okay. okay. Fascinating to me. And it's a pro that somebody, somebody gave a shit to animate that or have that sound cue come in. Like, that is kind of <laughs> cool. Um, that's awesome. Yeah. Uh, give me, give me your cons, buddy. Um, some of my cons. You already struck down mine. Cause I was like, why is Bobby dumber than a three year old playing T-ball? It's a bit. Cool. <laughs> fine. It's a bit. Yeah. Um, Bobby has the line. Maybe after 10 years and not sleeping on the, or being allowed on the couch, she finally snapped 10 years. Fuck you. Bobby's 13 and lady bird is older than Bobby. And this show's and he knows been on for 10 years. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> whatever doesn't matter had sex men in white pants as a general rule and i'm looking at you too john redcorn 
You just look good. That's the only difference. You are the only man in history that has looked good in white pants, John Redcorn. This is my theory, John. I posed one earlier about Dale as mean to Peggy because he's been hanging out with men in the gun club, and uh I'm posing to you, I think this might be where we actually start writing Peggy badly. So number one, we have Dale just being shitty to her for no reason. But then we got a lot of weird shit, like... Um, she's shitty about the lamp, or that, that vase that Hank's mom bought him. Okay, yeah. Um, she's shitty about that. Um, she has the line, I can't help but notice how stupid you're being, Hank, and I love how stupid you are. That That's purposely a bad Peggy line. It's like, just, I don't know, weird. Um, the entire bit in the nursing home, nobody panic! We're not, or, you know, we, we're, we're not panicking. Well, you should be, that's bad. Yeah. Um... And then the last little bit there when, you know, she's laying on the woman and she, you know, claps her hands. Oh, I thought she was faking it. Peggy's just not – this isn't good Peggy. It doesn't feel like Peggy. No. And then I get to thinking, what's the last one we saw by Dave Schiff? It was Sweet Smell of Success. What'd she do? She literally tackled a TV because she's insane. I don't think he knows how to write Peggy. I don't think he likes Peggy. Yeah, probably not. In two episodes within the same season, we have seen her him kind of really hate on her. And I just kind of, that's my kind of going theory. And I wonder if a lot of people who don't like Peggy say it's because they got into it later on in the show. And then they watched it out of sequence and then they, you know, tied other shit together. And that's why. Versus you and I who have watched from the beginning and I would say have both wholeheartedly come around on really liking Peggy as a character. But that's, oh, yeah. that's just me. Um, yeah, those are my cons, but okay. not a ton, but just as a general rule, a lot of anybody but Hank, this episode doesn't feel in place. Yeah. Like I said, he is, he's a really lot of people a feel like here. they're stuck into it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like Luann showing up with Lucky to sleep in the den. Lucky's line of the cat burglar in me, blah, blah, blah. Fuck Lucky. Um, <laughs> All the lucky. Just, there's so much lucky this week. I told you, like, I actively lucky. repress him now. No, you can't. No, you're not allowed to actively repress him. <laughs> He's here, damn you. You gotta love him. Um. Shit, I don't know. <laughs> Talk to me. Um, I don't have a lot of cons for this episode. First one here, dogs get old. That's what happens. Why does it yeah. take the vet to be the one to explain it to everybody? Like, why can't anybody else can come to that logical conclusion? Like, Lady Bird is 13 fucking denial. years old. She's old. Like, I, I get, den- I get denial. denial from Hank, like, but Peggy very clearly doesn't like her, but would, is smart enough to know, yeah, she's getting old. No shit she's scared by, like, thunder and lightning. Well, you know, Hank, or Peggy loves Hank, and you do stupid shit. I guess. Maybe he's just being stupid too. I don't know. I, I can't turn that one around. No, I it really, you, that's what it it's is. Just, it's just, it's, it, you know, it's that denial that we all do with all living things. Like, oh, you're not getting old. Shit, I'm doing it with myself. Like, <laughs> you're not getting old. Your back just hurts all the time now for no reason. It's like, you don't do anything. Why does your back, like. <laughs> yeah, right. I don't know. It's, to me, it seems like You skip else. the gym more because you're sore from, extra, from days lifting. You didn't go work out. Like, what do you something's wrong. Like, no, no, it's not. I'm just three day delayed onset muscle soreness. Not two days. It's fine. I'm not (laughs) dying. Um, but yeah, I, it just like, 
I guess I, I assumed that more people outside the direct Hill household would make that connection and be able to say it to Hank. Like, yeah, she's old. That's why. That's why this is happening. It, I didn't think it would take all the way to the vet to say it. Um, and also, okay. you already brought this up. How is Lady Bird not on the fucking angry dog list already? Did we already forget about Bernie Mac? Like, I know. Yeah. I'm not going to dig into it because it's just going to frustrate me because continuity. But whatever. We're not assholes about that anymore. We decided. Um, my last one here. I'm actually going to fight you with a little we bit. We are. We are all the time. <laughs> We're nothing but assholes about continuity, about characterization, about animation, about Peggy's foot size, about sound quality. Like, We're we getting better, damn it, it's season 12. Assholes. <laughs> Why the fuck is John Redcord here again? Okay, so my last one here, I'm going to fight with you a little bit. <laughs> yeah, Just absolutely. a little bit. And it's because you liked the ending of this where, you know, Lady Bird gets kind of her like swan song and gets to gets to wrap everything up. And I, I, I really took that to heart. Like I'm trying to look at these episodes as we're ending character arcs. We're like giving characters their final moments to shine, things like that. Right. Why? Yeah. Why? Why doesn't Hank just leave Lady Bird at the old folks home? Why doesn't he just leave her with the old woman there? They all clearly really like that dog there. That dog is super fucking comfortable there. We don't have to leave. We, we can leave Ladybird there and never have to worry about a- addressing, did she die? Did she not die? Ladybird is with the old folks now. That's where she could have stayed for the rest of the series. We don't need to have a whole episode about Hank getting a new dog. We don't need any of that shit. But she can stay at the old folks home and give herself a dignified exit from the series especially at the end there, because it is super fucking sweet to see her curl up with that old lady reading a dinner of onions. Like, right. That's a great moment to end that. If Hank had just said, Oh gosh, she's deaf. And then he, he could have turned around and just said, and she looks really comfy here. Cool. And that's just it. But you just, you just leave okay. it with that. Like you can, you can fucking pan out on her and that old lady's lap and just getting stroked and being a happy dog. And just fade to credits right fucking there. And then you don't have to see her. They don't, they hardly ever fucking bring her up anyway. Like she, unless she is a specific point of this. Anyway, sorry, keep, that's, that's my last con by the way. So please counter it and then we can keep going. No, 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 no. You're good. I appreciate it. I just, you can't leave the geriatric pork chop with all the geriatric pork chops because the one geriatric pork chop lost the other geriatric pork chop. While he was walking her. <laughs> you can't dump a geriatric pork chop on some poor hapless fucking nursing staff that now needs to be also be responsible for a geriatric literal pork chop dog. Like, <laughs> you gotta bring the dog, you gotta bring the dog to the people. The dog can't live among the people. Otherwise, it's gonna start, like, you know, laying on the ones that are about to die and... <laughs> it's just gonna Then it becomes a doctor sleep situation. I see. I see what you're saying. Exactly. I don't know, like, to me, to me, like, this was a logical way of making her exit the fucking show without ever having to, like, come to terms with her diet. Like, this is, this is beautiful. This is fucking perfect. She doesn't need to die. We don't need to see the damn dog die. Like, we don't need that kind of resolution. Like, fuck, Santa's little helpers died, like, six times, right? Uh, Yeah. (laughs) By this point, like... 
you know, like, TV shows showing the dog die don't work. That's why Jurassic Bark is the worst fucking episode of Futurama. We don't need to watch the dog die, but this kind of gave us a nice, like, it gave us a look into the end. We don't see Dale retiring from, you know, his now thousands of basket weave, or of, uh, you know, what what was it called? Fucking tradecations. Yeah. Like, we don't see the end result. We just get an idea of an, an end result. We get we just get the one little nugget of it, and then it's up to you to decide what happens with that nugget. Okay. And I guess Johnny just wants to kill a dog, you guys. I don't know. I just, I want Ladybird to go away off into the sunset and not have to see her fucking die. That's all. Because you all know it's coming. You know, you don't want me to say it. It's not. I'm going to be the fucking bad guy, it's... but she's 13 goddamn years old, guys. She's going to fucking die. <laughs> if, if knowing Your you have another moment. season in the fucking tank here, you need to have that dog fucking die somehow. I'm sorry. It just needs to happen. Mark, favorite moment. <laughs> Check offs. Bloodhound. If a geriatric pork chop bloodhound is shown in the first season, it must absolutely die by the 13th season. Yes. Um, I'm going to tell you my favorite moment because it's fucking perfect. It's the perfect time to say it. She'll die okay. soon. You'll die soon. It's the whole, <laughs> the whole reason that the dog is there in the first place. The fucking crazy Caesar Milan guy knows that I'm right. Vindication. <laughs> what about you, buddy? My favorite moment was about halfway through your rant about wanting Ladybird to die when I remembered that Peggy broke a chair in Luann Reemergent Virgin 2.0, whatever, because she was sneaking out to go fuck Rhett in his van. <gasps> yes, yes. <laughs> That's my favorite moment. And it hit me like a sack of rocks and the like rush of like dopamine that I got from remembering that because that's how my brain works was so bad that I tuned you out during your fuck ladybird monologue validation man validation <laughs> uh, no but to that end I don't have a favorite moment I don't necessarily like this episode it's a sweet episode it's an endearing episode in its own right but I don't think that anybody other than Hank is really used that well or written that well um, oh yeah I just, I don't care for it at all. But um, to that end, do you want to rate her? Before we rate her, and before we talk about our rating system, I do have a question for you. As far as, yes. as this is concerned, as far as this story archetype is concerned, do you like this one better than the Bernie Mac episode? we've already seen this episode like you said she's bitten people like three goddamn times on this show already this is not a new concept well, so I, okay us. so take this one versus to kill a ladybird the rabies episode yep and um racist dog the Bernie yep. mac episode out of the three which is the best and you can't say to kill a ladybird because of dale what's the best ladybird episode i i don't know i i <laughs> I'm never going to voluntarily watch a fucking Ladybird episode. That's my problem. Because I'm never going to watch Racist Dog again, but I'll watch this one and I'll definitely watch um, To Kill a Ladybird. Yeah. But. Huh. I, yeah, I just. I, a... Food for thought, buddy. Food for thought. 
That's a thinker. That's, That's a, thinker. a thinker. Okay. Um, I will break down our rating system here real quick so that we can g- get this rocking and rolling because hot damn if you and I aren't cruising this week. Uh, our rating system is as follows, guys. At the very bottom, we have a charcoal episode. And a charcoal is a failure of an episode. Just like charcoal, it leaves soot under your fingernails and it makes you feel unclean when you watch it. It's not a good representation of King of the Hill. You're not going to enjoy watching it. You're going to go, what the hell did I just waste 20 minutes on? Charcoal is terrible. Garbage. It's awful. One step up from charcoal is a Megalo episode. And a Megalo is kind of like our bronze rank, if you will. Um, It's an also ran, if you will. A bronze rank Megalo episode is going to have little tiny bits scattered throughout the episode that don't make any sense. It's like one funny joke or one funny animated moment. Things like that. that just happen to shine through. But for the most part, it's like 80% shit. Megalo episodes are also not very watchable. You're not going to go back and seek these out. After that, you got your butane. This is kind of our silver rank middle of the road level. A butane is a bastard gas just like these episodes. You love to hate them and you hate to love them. They're average episodes of King of the Hill. They do the series justice. They're just kind of watchable TV. Butanes make up a lot of what we watch. Not every not every episode is a firefight and we will go or any of our other classics that we happen to, to just gush about. A lot of them are just going to be butane and that's okay. We like watchable TV here, especially because usually we can ignore it and just hang out on our phone while it plays in the background. Now, we put our phones down when we start watching Char King episodes. These are our gold standards. Char Kings are the best of King of the Hill and the best representation of what this show is and what it means to people. It's got good guest stars. It's got good storylines. It flips things and takes takes daring, bold new chances. Mark and I both agree that an episode of Char King becomes a Char King Imperial. These are some of the absolute best episodes of King of the Hill. And in the right context, meaning if you know a little bit about the characters, a little bit about the world and universe of King of the Hill, A Char King Imperial is probably some of your all-time favorite episodes. The only thing that gets better than that is our Blue Flame of Valor. Now, Blue Flame of Valor is our S-rank, like, God-tier episodes of King of the Hill. Blue Flames of Valor are what you introduce people to get them to love this show. They are the absolute pinnacle and great example of what this show is, what it can be, and what it should strive to be every single week. Uh, Blue Flames of Valor are short in supply. I think Mark and I have given out a grand total of maybe maybe under 10 total episodes have gotten the Blue Flame from us, and we're almost to the end here, guys. So uh, they are few and far between, and we haven't had too many of them lately, but you never know when one's going to creep up. So... Mark, on a scale of charcoal to the blue flame of valor, what do you give Doggone Crazy? Um, so originally I gave it a mega bewing, which would be a combination of a megalo, a butane, and a charking. Because personally, oh, I don't wow. like this episode. It's not good. The characters aren't used that well, except in little bits, like you know, like the day after the robbery when we get the the everybody standing outside watching the cops go through the hill house or uh, Luann in the nursing home with the old lady who might be a B plot, but it's not enough to be a B plot. And it's so forgettable that neither one of us talked about it in this here fucking rewatch episode. (laughs) I told you I'm actively ignoring her now. No, you said lucky. You can't ignore both. God damn it. Luann's a core (laughs) character. Um, 
But then there's some solid moments, like Hank walking with the top hat down the road because he genuinely cares for this stupid geriatric pork chopped dog. And then, and then and then, I get to thinking, there's another Ladybird episode that we didn't talk about. And it's Pregnant Paws. And that's the worst fucking Ladybird episode. <laughs> so I'm going to go ahead and remember that instance and change my rating altogether and just say that it's a butane. It is middle of the road. I will watch it if it's on. I probably don't put it on. But whatever, man. The characters aren't used well. Hank is great and totally, you know, offsets that imbalance. Um, inclusion of Fred Willard, which to me just vindicates something in my mind. And yeah, that's where I'm at. It's a butane. It's not a good episode. It's not a bad episode. Um, yeah, that's where I'm at. How about you, buddy? Um, so scale of charcoal to blue flame, I gave it. I also gave it a butane. Fire up that sound cue, buddy. My dad says butane, 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 butane. butane. Um, my dad says my dad says butane, butane. My dad says <laughs> the worst thing we've ever done. It's amazing. What are you talking about? Um, Listenership actually dropped when we put that in. You can track <laughs> putting in the butane sound cue and people stopped listening and it is impressive. It's amazing. Uh, damn it, I stand by my work here. Um, Mark, I literally... Oh, I, I stand I can, by it too. It's amazing. <laughs> I can write, I can write, or I, I can read to you what I wrote here at the end of this because it's four words. It's okay, dot, dot, okay. dot, nothing special. This is an average episode of King of the Hill. It, it is, it's almost the epitome of a butane, right? Like, okay, the story is followable. It's, it, it gets you invested at least a little bit, enough so that you care to, to see the end of it. Like, you want to see, oh, does, does Lady Bird have to get fucking axed by animal control? Is she just going to get totally murked by Fred Willard in the hall? Or, or what? Like, okay, it invests me enough, but also... I don't really give a shit if she goes out and bites a bunch of old people. It's just, it's an okay episode. Like you said, if it's on, I'll probably watch it, but I'm I'm probably going to be on my phone most of the time. I almost wish I was when I watched it today. So, yeah. Yeah. Butane is, it's, that's solid. It's butane for us. Okay. Right on. Yeah. Well, let's, uh, let's move on to our next one. Yeah, let's do her, buddy. Uh, Mark. Johnny. What are we back talking about? Episode 224, Transfascism. Very fun name. Uh, original air date, February 10th, 2008. This is written by Paul Corrigan and Brad Walsh. Mark, where did we see them last? Um, Johnny, we just saw them on Raise the Stakes. Aha, okay. Um, I remember en- enjoying that. Well, uh, Corrigan and Walsh gave us a cast of characters this week of Hank, Peggy, Bobby Hill, Dale Gribble, Bill Dotree, Boom Hauer, Nancy Gribble, Buck Strickland, Khan, Supanus and Pone, Ted Wasanasong, the returns of Little John and Elvin from Sugarfoots, Officer Brown, Rooster, Luann Platter, Lucky Kleinschmidt, Joe Jack, Enrique, non-speaking roles of Donna and Min Supanus and Pone, and Hank's imaginary friends, George Washington, Abraham Lincoln, and the great Tom Landry. His imaginary friends. Hot damn, was I excited to see Tom Tom Landry this week. Uh, synopsis, a trans fats band in Ireland forces Sugarfoots to become a barbecue bootlegger. Uh, a story characters, Hank and Buck. B story, there's no real B story yep. here. It's all trans fats. Um... Let's just get right into it, buddy. 
Yeah, give me give me your notes. I've been talking a lot this week. No, you're good. I have a lot, actually, a lot for this episode. Um, the first thought that I had watching this episode was that I have not seen anything about trans fats since uh, Bart Simpson created a window in a solid wall for a bird to crash into in Moo Moo Homer. <laughs> and we and the only reason success. I remember that is because... Tr- exactly. Like, trans fats means, like, transparent. If you rub your chicken leg on it and you can see through it, it means it's full of good trans fats, right? That is a very interesting um, way to remember that, and that is how I will continue to remember it from here on in. <laughs> wow, all right. Hey, you hear that? It's, you hear that? You hear what I'm bringing back? That's right. Fucking podcast that's golf a, clap. That's a mnemonic device, everybody. Um, Mark, do you really think we're ever going to get an episode like this again from this point of view with our cultural fat phobia? That's basically fighting for the right to get fat? No, because the fucking fatties won and the fucking anti-maskers won. And all the this episode is so weird because it makes a lot of good points. And it has a lot to say. Yeah. But it can, it's also one of those ones that can just be taken so badly. Like, oh, God, yeah. Where, where's the line? Where's the line on a prohibition? We're, we're just going to say that. In, pro, in a prohibition, where is the line? Is it with weed? Where fucking, you know, now it's all groovy and legal, but hey, if you were, you know, selling it before it was cool, well, fuck you. Despite the fact that all these other people get to enjoy it now? Okay, question mark. Is it with alcohol yeah. that, you know, kills a shitload of people? Whether, you know, through alcohol-related illness or, you know, I got too drunk and drove my kids home and hit a school bus or something. Or or is it in caffeine, in which tons of school kids overdose on it weekly and are currently fucking up their hearts with? Like, what is the most dangerous substance? Yeah. Where does the line become drawn? Is it up to the consumer to be responsible and to consume a thing responsibly? Well... Maybe, but you know, like who's to say how much is too much. It is a, just on that end, just on that end. And then on the other side of it is what do you fight against when it becomes, you know, an actual violation of your privacy, you know, is, should we be so mad because we can't eat Cheetos anymore? Or should we be mad because Google sold all of our fucking information? Nah, you're right. I like Cheetos better, but like. Dude, there is so much to this episode. <laughs> no, there absolutely is. And it's it, like I want I want people that are listening to us and that are watching this episode to just kind of take a snapshot of, of where we were in 2008 versus where we are now, because it was acceptable in 2008 to talk about banning trans fats as a bad thing and taking away choice and, and all this stuff. It reminds me a lot of the uh, what was it? The one percenters. And the 99 percenters, Occupy. like the the tea, the Occupy people, the Tea Party people, where they basically talk about, um, you know, you shouldn't have the right to tell us anything. Like the 1% shouldn't tell the rest of us what we should and should not be doing here. You shouldn't be the one dictating what the entire world is doing. It's a very libertarian view of things. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Rand Paul is the big libertarian dude that's basically just like, Gary oh, Johnson. Yeah, let's Gary Johnson's the fucking man. He's, he's your guy. He's, you want Gary Johnson. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Not to totally cut you off, but like big um, fan of his personally. No, no, no. Thank you for correcting it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so like I just I don't think in our current culture here we're ever gonna see an episode quite like this again because somebody will get offended by it and it won't get past a critic or a censor or or somebody. It'll just it'll 
it'll be dead in the water. You could never pitch it anymore. It's not PC. I think the problem is we so, don't recognize satire. It's a relic. That's the problem. There's there's no such thing as satire anymore. And yeah. this is an extreme. Yeah, it's we can't be called out anymore. You know, like it, we're not allowed to be offended by our escapism. Our escapism has to appeal to a broad audience. That's why Big Bang Theory existed as long as it fucking did. Like gloss over, put in a laugh track and nothing means anything anymore. I want to tell people that that are listening to this podcast that are watching King of the Hill with us that not everything is meant for everybody. You know, King of the Hill wasn't setting out to be a show that is accessible and open and honest and, and has stories for every single person in the world. It wants to reach as many people as it can. Yes, that's obviously the ideal, but not everything is meant for everybody and you're going to alienate people as you go on. You have to be willing to accept that. So if your fear of making something is that somebody's going to get offended from it, then you're probably making something worthwhile. Because it means that the people that aren't offended by it want to want to see it. They want to experience it. Um, I'm not saying offend people for offending's sake. But what I'm saying is don't let that fear of what other people are going to think about what you're making control what the fuck you make. Drawn Together is the greatest animated TV show of all time. Maybe <laughs> the greatest animated show ever. Maybe the greatest TV show ever. And I will die on that fucking hill. <laughs> no part of it is good. No part of it is redeemable. Every part of it is terrible. It has nothing to say about society, except it has everything to say about it. And God damn it. I love that show. <laughs> anyway. Yeah. Um, um, also though, you know what? Fuck you. How about that? Just how about that? Just fuck you. You're <laughs> offended by a thing. Fuck you. Why are you offended? Because it hurts you or because it actually like is bad. I don't know. I don't have an answer. Fuck you, it's an animated show. You know, yeah. I remember how mad parents got at Simpsons in the 90s because Bart Simpson was going to corrupt us. And it's like, yeah, I guess he did kind of, but like, who the hell cares? You know, like, what did people bitch about before TV? They probably bitched about how that upstart radio program was going to let my Johnny think he could go to Mars. I don't fucking know, but like, just enjoy a thing for what it's at. Yeah. Podcast over. Butane, I'm out. <laughs> uh, anyway, next note, we're going to keep going because fuck, this is going to be a long episode if we don't. Uh, the 40-30-30 that Bill talks about in his third little flashback of how the government tells him to eat refers to a da fad yep. diet called the 40-40-30% diet. It it means that you should be eating 40% carbs, 30% protein, and 30% fats with every one of your meals. It's not Swap a terrible carbs way. carbs and fat, and yeah, you're probably good. As I say, it's not a terrible way of, of doing things, but 30% protein in every single meal is hard for most people to do. So... Yeah. Um, double fist. John, that's a bald-faced lion. You know it. You've been to the... I've fed you in the think hole multiple times, and those dinners are fucking 80% protein. I said for most people, Mark, not you people. Fucking... I made sweet... I made... I, I did... What I made uh, ribs on my smoker, uh, sweet potatoes, and um, zucchini, and, like, pan... I did zucchini in a pan with bacon in it, right? Okay. Um... Probably a total net of zero carbs unless you count the sugar in the uh, barbecue sauce. But, like, <laughs> fucking Amanda accused me of making boy dinner. <laughs> and I'm just like, this is the healthiest shit you've eaten this week. You, you, you stop it right now. This is so much better than spaghetti. Like, It's right. It's all protein is, and it's all greens. Like, be yeah. cool with me. 
<laughs> like, <laughs> this is not that, you know, soup with three kinds of sausage in it and potatoes. Like, this is good for us. It's true. Well, before Mark starts telling me about There's no his brick cereal... of cream cheese in this bad Larry. Before he starts telling me about his, his uh, six net carbs and eight net carbs and what he had for breakfast the next morning, like the girls driving a, driving a car up to, I don't know, wherever the hell Nancy and, and Peggy were going. Um, we're going to keep going. They were going to um, Corpus. Corpus right? Christi. Maybe. Right? They that were... was the, yeah. In, um, yeah, Hank's on board. Yeah. But and, Nancy just ate a salad. Yeah, I remember. Just six net carbs, buddy. It's cool. Anyway, we're going to move on See, here. Okay, okay, so I just opened my first beer. That's the fucking ticket, John. We both need at least a beer in us, and that's when we start firing and can remember all things King of the Hill. That's what it is. That's what it is. Guys, I don't know why I can't remember shit. That's... I'm on my, what would equate to a like a fifth American beer, but it's really only a second German beer, so it's cool. Um, We get a double fisting of Brett, Fred Willard this week. And I'm kind yeah, of excited to Holy see him. Holy shit, yeah, we do. And it makes me really happy. I think this is why I thought Fred Willard was every cop, was because these two episodes showed up back to back. I would have seen him in syndication because I would have been on, like, fall break and then, like, the first week back into class, or winter break and then the first week back into classes. Right. So I would have seen them both right on top. Yeah, like, I think this is why. Yeah, right there. Um, this episode makes me, as an American living as an expat in Germany, miss fast food. Because goddamn, do I miss trans fats and do I miss being able to just go to McDonald's at midnight and get shit housed and just have the worst, worst experience in the world and pay for it the next morning? God, I miss that, guys. Don't take that for granted. So, go like, you can't get your arteries. There's not like German like fast food. Not really. We've and never I don't talked have a about car. this. We, we've talked about how like you guys have like KFC and like. So there. Yeah, but like they're they're you're there. close to shops, right? There's not like a. 24-hour kebab cart? No, no, there is no 24-hour kebab cart. There is a handful of places that are open, but there is, I don't know if there's a single 24-hour open place in this entire country. Like, there is definitely not that. Um, I'm not close enough to a really? big city center to where things are open even past 10 o'clock most nights. Um, if you want to go and get, like, McDonald's or Burger King or KFC, you have to go to one of the Bonhoeffs, the train stations, and they're going to be closed pretty fast. And they're not open on Sundays. And I don't know if there's a single fucking place in this country that has a drive-thru. Like, that's just not a thing. No shit. And even if it was, I wouldn't try it because I don't speak fucking German. Ein number zwei und ein Sprite, bitte. (laughs) Yes, it's true. Nicked mustard. Nicked mustard. (laughs) So, like, it exists here. But it's just, it's not the same, and it's definitely, like, it's not the cultural norm to eat fast food like it is in America. So, it makes me miss fast food. Interesting. There is also no Taco Bell here whatsoever, and I would I would sell my soul like Homer fucking Simpson and turn my head into a giant crunch wrap if I could fucking have one right now. Oh, man, would I do that. John, did you sell your soul to the devil and you're <laughs> eating your crunch wrap? <laughs> no, Jerry. Stop picking at it. <laughs> But I'm so salty and delicious. Um, uh, we have a reappearance of a character here that we haven't seen since the buck stops here in like season four or five. And that's Rooster. Yes. Out of Hot Springs, Arkansas. Out of Hot Springs, yeah. right? He was, uh, And the Rooster that we saw in Buck Stops Here was much older and was voiced by Stephen Root. 
In this episode, he is much younger, and he is voiced by David Herman. And, you know, I'm very proud of myself here. I, uh, I wrote down here, I'm like, why, why, why does Rooster sound so familiar? Oh, this is why. Because it's David Herman doing a hillbilly version of Roberto the Robot from Futurama. That's all this is. Okay, okay. Go back okay. and listen to it. Guys, if <laughs> okay. you're watching along with us, please, you tell me if I am I'm 100% off base here, but it is Roberto the Robot going, <laughs> but it's him just being a redneck going, I'm going to get you, book. <laughs> like, that's all it is. It's just David Herman yeah. doing Roberto the Robot okay. as a hillbilly. Um, We have a music cue in this episode, and it's Give the People What They Want by the OJs. It's from 1975. It's a, a funk band. Um. I'm going to go and listen to more of the OJs because one, I fucking love funk music, but two, this was like slapping with me today. I was like, okay, I'm into this. And my last okay. note here, and it's a question for you. I have an answer, but it's not, I mean, it's kind of a 2008 answer if you want to think about it, but I'm curious what your thoughts are. What food is Bill double fisting at the end when Hank finally goes, I need you to look in the mirror at yourself. Because he's just holding handfuls of food at that point. I imagine it's some variation of fry with meat on top. So from what I saw, it looks like he's got Cinnabon in each hand. Like he's just holding a giant Cinnabon in each hand. Because it just looks like like a weird amalgamation of brown and white. And he's got fistfuls of each. And I'm like, mm, Cinnabon makes the most sense to me. Also tracks with how fast yeah, the bill is. Yeah, that's why I was thinking fry with meat on top of it. But yeah, like yeah. okay, Cinnabon. God so, damn, I want a Cinnabon. I right. Oh fuck, I'd suck a dick for a Cinnabon. <laughs> <laughs> sell my soul for a Cinnabon. <laughs> no, I wouldn't sell my soul for a Cinnabon. <laughs> I'm I'm no uh, better call Saul, but mm. Tish. Mm. Um. That was a that was a good one, huh? I love oh. it. <laughs> anyway, those are those are my notes. I'm so sorry it took me almost 20 minutes to get through them. Keep on going, buddy. Give me what you got, dude. You're the only one that knows that it took 20 minutes to get there. <laughs> like this will have taken 10 minutes in real time. It's all right, buddy. Um, my notes number one. Uh, Sugarfoot's is still here. Hooray! I just I'm glad to see it. I yes. like it. I don't know. I I love the return of those Arlen classics, right? Yeah, and. This, the magic pan, uh, goober smooches, Louis. rattlesnakes, panhandler, like, I'd love to see him. And I, and again, that's one of those things. That's one of those mainstays. You know, I get all horned up because like they said, fucking Olive Garden in an episode. Fuck you, like. Yeah, no, we we want to see Arlen restaurants. You know, I want that's amore. I don't want Olive Garden. Exactly. And then sadly, like you know, the world became gentrified with the same eighteen restaurants, and here we are. Um. We got rid of trans fats, sort of. We never really did, but we sort of really did. Um, it's annoying. I was going to work up a whole, like, thing about them. Uh, but you know what, guys? The long and short is they are bad for you. Sure, they taste good when you cook food in them, but, like, they'll fucking kill you. Yeah. That's the long and short is they will fucking kill you. Um, go look at the Wikipedia page on the uh, regulation. Just, I'm going to give you guys some homework. I know you already watched some King of the Hill. Well, go look at a Wikipedia article, too. America's the only one that got super shitty. Us in England. 
And if there's two countries that are really good at being fat all the fucking time, it's us in England. Yeah. And I will fucking say we're fat all the time. I am fatter now that I am the fattest I have been since college right now because of my largely sedentary lifestyle. Like, it is impressive. I fucking hate everything. Just, dude, this episode really pissed me off because it's like, get a hill. That's cool. I understand. You're willing to, like, die on this hill, Hank, but this is the wrongest hill to fucking die on. Yeah. Like... They will fucking kill you. All right. Um, Hank is super right and also super wrong. I, Whatever. We can beat that point to death. We don't need to. Yeah. I think we're going to get into it in a little bit later. So, Hank has the line. Buck Strickland is the greatest American I know. Fuck you, Hank. You met Jimmy Carter. <laughs> Basically, that dude ran our fucking country. <laughs> that dude is still being amazing. Still. He just turned Her, 99. Like, I am willing to say, as of the Friday this drops, he is still... <laughs> rocking like and if not r.i.p king um say john is this a bob's burgers episode question mark no i don't think it is but it is an american dad episode called live and let fry and basically it's the same premise langley bans trans fats and or langley falls bans trans fats and so steve starts smuggling Steve starts smuggling it in so that Francine can continue to cook using trans fats. It came out a year after this one, and it is a better episode okay. because it parallels better. It's a better argument. Um, there's an argument in there about how like Haley sta- doesn't think that the like you know pot law or like the you know weed should be illegal, and you know Stan makes fun of her. It's a good episode. It's a better episode than this one when talking about like why prohibitions are asinine and often arbitrary. Especially when, like, the people that put them into place don't follow their own prohibition. Yeah. This oh, one God, does yeah. that kind of well, but it's just a better episode. I'm not going to say go... Actually, I will say, just go watch that American Dad episode and go, oh, that's what this might have been. Do it um, with a bag of chocodiles. It'll make you feel better. <laughs> the cholos are coming back. Oh, I my gave God, them these chocodiles, Mark. These chocodiles. <laughs> oh, my God. Fuck, we should watch American... God, I wish American Dad wasn't still running. And then we could fucking do that next. I do love American Dad. Fucking call it American Daddy Issues. Um, <laughs> So, I, all of my ranting leading up to this next point here. What's more American than breaking an unjust just law? I don't wear my seatbelt all the fucking time because it's it's an unjust law. Fuck you. It's my right. You know? Um... And that's fine, because I'm not going to kill anybody driving down Alamosa Main Street at 10 miles an hour because that's as fast as I can go. It just doesn't make any sense. But then COVID watched this episode and said, hold my fucking beer. And then you get people that refuse to wear a mask because it's oppression. And you get people that refuse to get a vaccine that's going to be for the greater good because right. government oppression. Because they listen to a podcast. And then you get people that they're not going to come get my gun. And once again, we have a King of the Hill episode that did not hold up based on the politics of our current situation. And I'm super upset about it. Yeah. Fuck you, Jenny McCarthy. Every chance I get. Fuck you. <laughs> no, 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 no. Not again. Not, you are not allowed to go on a rant this week. That's all you I'm saying. You have gone on three rants in the last three fucking weeks. You are not allowed to rant this week. You hear that sound? That's me putting the foot down. The foot went down, Marge. It's down. Um, why is Nancy, or not why, I guess more when, but when did Nancy get to be an anchor? Uh, I, I swear they moved her to the anchor position. Or is she just doing Kent's people? I thought they kept her on as weather girl when... Herve was there, but I no. So during the uh, during the fire episode, that's when they moved her to anchor. 
Yeah, Gone with the Windstorm. Yeah, Gone they with the Windstorm. Her, they make her an anchor? They did. At the very end, they said, you know, we've, we have more more people ask for this episode. Or we've had more people ask for that footage than, than the time that so-and-so, like, bent over or, like, it was some something super sexual. Um, but they moved her to the anchor desk. They basically said, we're, we're not going to, like, can your ass, but we're going to move you to the anchor desk and we're going to make you do features and all this shit. No, she's she's been an anchor for about a season now. Okay, cool. Uh, then note retracted. Yeah, yeah. Um, and finally, Hank is right, and we should all know this, but uh, Tom Landry, Tom Landry, totally flew bombers in uh, World War Two. That's amazing. I didn't actually look that up. I just assumed it was right. Well, you know, because Hank would never lie to us, but it's also, you know. Okay, so this is one of those moments when I got to stop and go, what makes a good King of the Hill episode? It's when you go on a weird search and figure out that Kelly Slater is the greatest surfer of all time. Or like, you know, you learn that we can talk shit about the Anasazi because they have been extinct as a people for better than a thousand years at this point. Mm-hmm. I learned something, and it's that Tom Landry flew bombers. And God damn it, now everybody should know that. He, he seems like a super cool dude, honestly. Disrupted a whole bunch of shit with the flex defense, didn't he? Controversial. Um, those are my notes, buddy. You got some pros? Or no, you, shit, where do your... No, we're no. to pros, never mind. Yeah, we're to pros. We're, we're okay, good. two beers is too many. <laughs> <laughs> we're to pros. Um, I don't have a lot have here. Uh, but first one is that we have Little John and Elvin, and they're back, and they're back with a fucking vengeance, man. I am so happy that they took the continuity here and, and went, oh, that's right. We've seen Sugarfoots and we've seen Sugarfoots a lot. What are two very memorable character models that we're going to see from this that we can use again? Little John, the very big, large black man that ladles everything. And Elvin, like the skinny ass white dude. I love that. The, he's like, a sauce man. He, he's, he's a sauce man. Um, like they do their poke tests and they're terrible people in the kitchen. Like they were at Sugarfoots as they definitely would be in a food truck. I love that little John and Elvin are back. I love that they didn't try and and give us new characters to like learn. It feels like a little reward yeah. for the people that have been watching King of the Hill this long. Um, second pro here, I love seeing Ted get shamed. Like the very opening of this this show, like this episode, is him like just having a bunch of other snobs that are even snobbier than he is looking down on him going, oh my God, they still eat trans fats. And he has to like eat that humble fucking pie right there. It is so satisfying to see Ted get shamed by somebody else for a change. This pro here, Hank Hank and his rally cry for cleanliness. Holy shit, is, does that need to be like echoed everywhere? It is super on point. Like, you know what? I, I love that it's a very Hank Hill thing. We're breaking the law. We're, we're protesting against, against something that is basically unjust in my own eyes. But damn it, we have to do it better and cleaner because if we're going to do it, we do not need to give them any more ammunition here. We're putting on hairnets. We're making sure everything is fucking clean. We're washing our hands as often as we should. Like, good on you, Hank, for making sure that, that Sugarfoots is not the giant disaster pit that Roosters is, giving people bad ceviche. Ugh. Well, but that also speaks to the whole angle of, like, what is a law? Why do laws exist? Why do regulations exist? It's yeah. Because they are, they should be for the common betterment of society. Like, you wash your, uh, employees must wash hands before returning to work. 
Fuck yeah. you. Just do it. Like, Wash your don't go hands. do that and then handle my fucking burger. Like, you know? Yeah. Damn it, wage slave. Like, and that's the other side of this coin is like, yes, some laws are overreaching and stupid and prohibitions never work because they're still going to find a way against it. But there's also regulations that are super good for us. Like, like it's, it's like Austin hands. Powers said, now we have responsibility and that's even cooler. Yeah. Um, yeah. My last pro here is the entire dream sequence, by the way. Um, when was the last time Don't we got read to my see... script. Well, like, when was the last time we got to see a good Landry drop, like, or reference in this show? It's been a fucking minute. I mean, I know it's not the answer, but I'm going to say Hellenium. It might be. No, it might be the last time they have actually referenced him in something other than TLMS. Well, like, you know, that's a weird kind of subplot that we kind of lost out on is Hank being guided by Tom Landry as his, like, spiritual counselor. He's definitely one of Hank's primary influences. And, yeah, we haven't seen anything. We haven't seen him go, what would Coach Landry do in a long fucking time? I, I, I love to see it. Um, it. It gives me a very, like, old school King of the Hill feel to this episode. Um, this, this dream sequence isn't necessarily an acid trip. I want to make a delineation here. Well, no, it's a, it's a dream, yeah. Yeah. It, it doesn't have the same connotation as our acid trips that you and I like love to gush over that we unexpectedly got to see a resurgence of like two weeks ago. So I just want to make sure that <laughs> there is a line here. But a dream dream sequence is still, I mean, it's almost as cool. Like, it's up on that same level. You guys are taking weird chances. You're taking weird, like, story risks with this and saying, yeah, we're going to have Hank talk to Tom Landry and George Washington at the same time. It's great. And Lincoln. And Lincoln. Uh, buddy, what are your pros? He suspended habeas corpus. <laughs> um, pros. I like Bill's uh, fat Taj when he's, you already called it out in the 30, 30, 40 <laughs> diet or whatever. Like that bit when he just like keeps eating. And Sugar then I like free. Bill's progression through this episode as he like ascends to like, you know, Super ultra pant load super saiyan god <laughs> i wrote king pant load in cons king pant load all right his name is king pant load and he's <laughs> the first guy you got to fight in uh, mike tyson's punch out yeah it's one punch he gets a coronary and dies it's great ah <laughs> uh... <laughs> too much pringle dip buddy um stop it <laughs> Peggy getting horny at the flat or at law breaking Hank. I really like that. I really like how number one, Hank kind of did breaking bad a little bit before breaking bad, mm-hmm. but then like Peggy got horny for it. And then I like how Bobby literally calls out all the like two thousands television, the Sopranos. simple unassuming person. Who's just a white class guy who's actually breaking the law. So much of that shit was like that. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then like finally Bill's, Excuse me. Fucking hiccups. Bill's final form pant load. Um, you're, I already kind of called it out. You already called it out as a con. But I just... I. All right. You need to look at yourself. And he does. And like... It's great. I mean, when you're just, double fisting Cinnabon, that's what happens to you. Just doing a dirty bulk. That's what I keep telling myself. Yeah. Doing a real, real, real dirty bulk. Um... 
Those are my pros. What do you got from your buddy? Um, cons here. There's there's some poor writing in this episode. And it's just lazy writing. Okay. Definitely lazy writing. Like, well, I already set up X, so let's show and have the person emote Y. And it's my big thing in here is the whole episode starts with them eating at Sugarfoots, right? And the guy is making okay. fun of the menu at Sugarfoots, right? And so they have this whole big okay. thing, and they have to go and get this trans fat ban happen, and we all know what's going to happen. And then what does Buck just have to bust in and say? Well, that's it, old top. They've killed Sugarfoots. No shit. The whole episode setup was in Sugarfoots. The whole point of this fucking episode was Sugarfoots. That's where it started. Of course that's where it's going to fucking die, Buck. It's I'm mad about it because it's lazy writing. It's very lazy writing. Buck, Buck doesn't, doesn't know to, that, though. He doesn't need to come in and emote it. He doesn't, like, that That doesn't need to be said. To us as, as viewers of this show, no shit that Sugarfoots has gone out of business. So you're, so you're mad that Buck actually walked in and said they shut down Sugarfoots and then flipped into, by the way, I bought a food truck. Yes, I am. To me, this is tantamount to watching The Simpsons and having them go, I am glad he is gone. Duh-oh. It's, it's, it's so force-fed to the rest of the audience and to everybody else. There's no way it can be seen as, as, yeah. He, like, Buck is coming in and saying shit that would only, only be seen and said in an instance like that. We do not need him to come in and tell everybody in Strickland, well, they killed Sugarfoots. No shit they killed Sugarfoots. I, okay, I got you. You see what I mean? I see what you're, I see what you're saying. Okay. So I, it just, it, like it, it, I don't know what it was. Something about it, like something about piss poor writing here or lazy writing. It's lazy writing to me. It just, ooh, it twisted okay. me the wrong way today. Um, next con here. Imagine a trans fat free fruit pie. And if that's what Bobby had been eating instead of a, a donut. Like we got robbed of seeing a trans fat free fruit pie. So, like, we didn't watch Bobby choke on it and be like, oh, this is terrible. I think it's more impactful if we use the fruit pie because enough people still watch oh, the show. Oh, this tastes like turtles. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> um, I really, I was, I was just looking for something a little bit more Bobby. Like, if you're going to have him make the comment, don't make him do it about donuts. Make him do it about something that he really genuinely loves. Fucking give him a fruit pie. Um... We already okay. hit King Pantload Bill. That's a con for me because, damn, do I not need to see him even fatter than he already is? And we do. But my biggest one, and I swear to God, Mark, if you don't have this in here, I'm going to be so disappointed in you. All right. Ted and Con, they are seen multiple times at a certain institution. Did you notice this, Mark? I don't. I don't think so. What are you what are you talking about? The first time we see Ted and Con at the food truck and the second time when we see Ted and Con at the at the fruit food truck. They are at Arlen Heights Country Club, not Nine Rivers. And I am upset about it. Ted is on both boards. That is not the fucking point and Con would not degrade himself <laughs> to be at Nine Rivers. You know it. You know it. He's he said earlier in this series he's gonna get to he's gonna get his membership to Nine Rivers and he's going to live at that club. 
The only time he won't be there is when he's coming home to change his clothes to go back to another event at Nine Rivers. Con, last week he was admitted to that said to that same said club, and yet last week, or last episode, we saw him clearly walking doggy, and then this episode we see him not there. What are the writers? Stupid? <laughs> Guys, it's so easy. So I don't know. Easy just to what? literally write so nine wait, rivers. So wait, so wait, should you... Okay, so I want to... Really quick, go back in time to before Twitter was a fucking snake hole of Russian propaganda bots and sex bots. Hi, sex bots. You're our only followers on Twitter now. Um, <laughs> but go back to that, right? Okay. Remember the politics of food trucking? One of the big deals was you... That's the fucking Bob's Burgers premise is Luis tweets on the about the food truck at the concert, right? Yeah. This is the same type of time. So they, you know... They would, I'm sure that they have, I am sure that Ted has an iPhone by this point. So he is definitely following where the Sugarfoot's food truck would be. Okay. Okay. So they're not going to Arlen Heights Country Club. That's where the the truck is. They're going for the food. Yeah, 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 yeah. I hate that I want to give you this, but I want to give you this because you're right. You are 100% right that Ted would be that dickhead. Yeah, he'd be that dickhead. He would, he would be on Twitter. I have a thousand followers. I only tweet that my wife is super hot. Like, that's it. That's all he does. <laughs> the Sugarfoots Express is super nice. Yeah. 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 Yeah, 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 yeah. Hanging out with my buddies from Manhattan. They're super rich. Like, yeah, yeah. yeah. Or okay. those ass- L.A. They're from L.A. I apologize. I... I'm just saying, dude. This is 2009. You're kind of think you. We gotta. We, we gotta go back in time a little bit to remember the context of the situation. It's either we remember the context of the situation of Khan being portrayed as a white man in 1997, or now in 2009, 12 years later, we go. Oh yeah, he was probably on fucking Twitter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Fine, I'll give you this. But Eight, I'm still I apologize. About 2008. It. <laughs> I know you are. I'm still mad about it. That's my last con. Give me your cons, buddy, so we can get to favorite moments, and and then we'll rate this bastard. Yeah, um, biggest con maybe is out and out. I don't really have any cons. Interesting. I compared this episode to a lot of other episodes of TV that I saw. I don't know when I watched those other episodes of TV, but this is a retrospective rewatch. So, of course... Now, those episodes have colored and tainted my viewing of this episode, and I can say that this episode is hack and boring. Um, I get a lot of frustration out of Hank this episode because, like, it's the, again, it's what I talked about, the hills we die on. You need regulation. You need a hand-washing fucking training video to show people how to wash their hands in a restaurant. That's common sense. But, like, at the same time, trans fats will kill you. Yeah. Um, Maybe my biggest con is the anxiety that I feel posting this episode because either the title in it will, because the title is going to be, you know, um, doggone crazy and then slash trans fascism. Oh, and no. so I have a great amount of anxiety that either this episode is going to get us blacklisted or, or this episode is going to jump our following in a way that we don't want it to be jumped by a group of people. We don't want jumping our following, but, but maybe just tangentially. Hello. Welcome new listeners. I hope you decide to stop being dickheads about it or, hey, or, 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 big or, or allies if you're going to listen to this episode to try and like get mad at us. Well, I'm sorry that we made you wait 42 minutes to say that ain't us dog, but that ain't us dog. 
<laughs> but dude, I I like honestly had like fucking anxiety this morning watching this going. Is this like Instagram or because like I don't think I can put trans fascism as a title on Instagram. I think I got to do that stupid thing where like you know how like in, if someone writes the word like suicide or kill, they like make the I a, a question or like a, a a one or like an exclamation point so like it yeah. doesn't trip the like auto sensor. I honestly am worried about that. And then I think about I am worried about that, and it really pisses me off. And once again, we have a fucking King of the Hill episode that can't hold up in today's current culture climate. And goddamn it, I just get so angry. So I'm gonna drink a sip of beer because it's not this episode's fault. This that is not this episode's no. fault at all. It's this insane. isn't a good episode, but goddamn it, that's not this episode. Yeah, like it's terrible. Well, can I make it uh, can I make it any better by telling you that I don't have a favorite moment? Oh, I do. Okay, cool. Yeah, so you don't have one. Okay. I don't have one. I, there's a bunch of dots in here. I can't I couldn't find a single standout moment of this that I really felt was was super necessary for us to to see. Like I I, I really en- I enjoy um Ted being a, a giant hypocrite. Like that's funny to me and that Hank or not Hank, um, Khan like kind of backs him up on it, and and I love Hank's stance on this of like if we're gonna do this and we're gonna and we're gonna like run this little illegal thing, then we need to do it to the best of our abilities, and we need to make it clean and make it make this like we're not giving them any other ammunition other than the fact that we're not doing this according to the law. There was nothing that stood out to me here as a favorite moment. Okay. Yeah. What about you? Did you end up having anything that stood out to you? The entire Hank dream. I mean, <laughs> like, I love the Hank The entire dream. thing. Yeah. In its entirety. Like, that is such a classic King of the Hill. Like, and I, okay, so here we are in, the, the, in this season. We In this season, I kind of think we might be eating too many member berries. But at the same time, I don't mind the callbacks. Who the hell no. would Hank dream about? Fucking Tom Landry and our founding fathers. Like, yeah. Fine. That's a very okay, Hank thing. great. Yeah, exactly. So I I can't get mad at it. So like, I I think it's a great little bit. Um. So is there a? Does this episode get jumped the sharky to you? Because I feel like this episode jumps its own shark a couple times. Where I... you were mad at like, Sugarfoot's like Sugarfoot's is closed. Like, okay, so Rooster then shows up. And yeah. then we get to have a food fight with Rooster. And then Nancy and the news shows up. And then that's... God, there are so many things that, like... I get it. You need to build the tension. You need to, like, compound the, like, risk. But, man, this episode kind of... Literally, dude, like, grown men are whipping cabbages at each other across the street. Like, what are we doing here? Like... I I think this episode tries to take itself more seriously than it actually is. Because when you consider some of the other episodes that we have seen or will see, it's pretty tame in comparison, right? I mean, we've had episodes already about price fixing. We're going to see episodes uh, about um, Hank getting so pissed off that he's going to blow up people's cars in their own parking lots. Like, this seems like the the weird... Next week. (laughs) The weird... Is it really next week? I didn't even look forward. Um, Yeah, literally next week. (laughs) Like... This is this is the sort of banality that I like in King of the Hill. You know? Um it takes the mundane mm-hmm. and makes it interesting. What's what's interesting about a a a a food truck like war 
between people because they're using trans fats and they're not supposed to because they are banned. Honestly, what do you think the worst, like, what do you think the worst slap on the wrist you're going to get from the cops about serving banned food from trans fats is? Do you really think it's more than the $300 fine? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, no, not, not no seven, not no eight. No, like, no, that was the other thing too, is like, there's zero stakes for this. Like, We've already seen that Arlen is very insular and does not really seem to care or be affected by the rest of the world. So, like, it's not like this came down from, you know, the governor. Yeah. Rick Perry, I think, at the time. Like, it didn't come down from him. Wasn't you know? Ann Richards. Like, it wasn't Ann Richards, but, man, she was super hot. Um, <laughs> governor Richards! You know, she wouldn't remember me, but I've seen her on TV. <laughs> All right. God damn it. <laughs> I just can't. It has fucking I, it. I can't anymore. We're done. That's it. That's the episode. Fuck this episode, Johnny. What do you final th- I don't know. We don't have to cut it. I'm sorry. Um <laughs> God damn it. <laughs> Fuck. I just can't. I just Fucking, you and I have been on the phone now for, what is this, like three hours, and like... It's been a while. I think today might be the most that you and I have broken. <laughs> we started at 6.30. It's now two and a half hours. No, but like, I just... We, we, we keep... We are calling back to bits that we talked about earlier that no one will hear. Like, this is the best episode of Dangle Podcast, I think. <laughs> like, this is our blue flame because of how fucking silly we are. Anyway... And then you, you hit me with this fucking Governor Richard shit, and I just can't. All right, here we go. <laughs> um. <laughs> Final thoughts. Um. Anything else? This episode doesn't hold up. It's really depressing. I hate it. But it's a good episode of King of the Hill, right? Is it a good episode or no? So, I'm going to give you... Can I get, Can I just give you my rating here? Like, can we just jump to ratings? Because that's that's how I best I can explain yeah, we, this. Yeah, we can, we can do that. I just sometimes like to come down and, like, sometimes I just can't rate it because that doesn't mean anything to me. Because, like, objectively, it's like, you know, what we feel like versus, like, you know, is this a good episode? Like, yeah. I would say, like, one of the hallmarks of a good King of the Hill is, like, Hank, you know, makes a speech and fixes everything. Okay. And yeah. then it usually gets ruined. Cool. That's usually what happens. Um... It's usually a mundane topic that we don't care about, like boggle, um, shit like this. <laughs> but so I'm like, is this a good episode? And I don't know. But yeah, give me give me your rating and then we can maybe see where we're at. Okay, so I gave trans fascism a butane. And it's okay. because this episode is it's watchable. It's very watchable. But it's not very fun. And then I wrote another question here. Why isn't this fun? Why isn't why don't I like this episode more? I really don't understand it. It this seems like it should be something that should should hit on a lot of things. It's a perfect King of the Hill episode for me. It's Hank getting really invested in something he that doesn't really fucking matter. That he's getting all weird and proud about something that doesn't really fucking care. Like this seems like it should be right up in the pantheon. We get a we get a, a Tom Landry appearance in a dream that's directing him towards to doing something. Like, um, we have him being a quote unquote rebel and and like not mafia kingpin here, but like a criminal criminal overlord, if you will. That's how Piggy wants to frame it. And 
And it's, okay, so 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 Halloween. Sorry to totally jump in here and cut you off, but like Halloween no. is the same idea, yeah. right? This is the same idea as Halloween, where he stands up against Junie Harper and her, you know, anti trick or treating. Yeah, and almost the same fucking stakes. Why isn't this fun to me like that was? Is it because I've seen too much of Hank Hill? Is it because? Okay, so I think, and that's what I'm trying to get to here. Is it because we're hitting beats? Is it because we're be we're hitting at this point? It kind of just feels like this episode hits a lot of marks, right? And I don't mean me. No, like you're you're right. It feels very formulaic. Like you know, by the end of this, oh, I've seen enough King of the Hills to know where this is gonna go. I know that I'm gonna get about three minutes of actual solid resolution in the end. Everything's gonna get tied up, so I just have to hold it out until then. I think that's it, honestly. Are we finally to the point here where, think... we, where we are just like, cool, oh, King man. of the Hill is, it's so formulaic. It is so just, I, I don't know. Well, is this, is so that that's, that's the thing. That's the thing now is it's not as King of the Hill formulaic. Well, it is, but is it's like, are we now more worried about sticking to a, brand slash I or not a brand but like a I guess formula right is that the right way to say it yeah do we want to stick with the thing we're comfortable with or do we want to get weird and experimental yeah they're not they're not changing anything at this point are we ready for you know a man's hat floating or a man or a plum floating in men's perfume in a bowler hat like yeah huh they don't want to take things to strange new places anymore. <laughs> well, they got it. You do, but also, you know what, too? Remember, they're on. They're not. This isn't like borrowed time, but they're essentially running with like extra lives at this point. Like they know they where they're already renewed. Is. This is this is the season that shouldn't have been. So they don't. Is that it? Do you think that they just kind of don't care anymore? Is that why this episode feels so weird? Yeah. And I'm not trying to hate on Corrigan and or, or Walsh, but like. Because, again, like, Mike Judge is always, you know, a writer on this. But, like, is he? Or is it like Matt Groening of The Simpsons when you can definitely tell when Schwarzwalder left and the episodes start to dip? Yeah. And then, you know, there was other shiftings about. And then it was just Matt Groening's name on a thing. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I don't huh. know. This 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 could be a turning point for us. So, yeah, I don't know. When it when it gets down to it, I I guess I, I didn't spoil my rating here. I said I was going to rate it, but I gave it a butane. Like, I, I want butane. this episode to be more fun, and it's not fun for me anymore, and I think it's because I've seen too much King of the Hill at this point. I've, I've analyzed too much King of the Hill at this point. You and I have spent too much fucking time looking at this show for me to find the fun in what should be a very fun episode. So to me, it's just middle of the road. It's butane. What about you, bud? Okay. My dad says butane, 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 butane. This is, I guess, hit that sound effect again. It's a butane, and I don't know why it's a butane. But I'm just going to read you what I wrote at 5 a.m. when I watched this episode. Um, the ty- This type of episode is important because it does have an important thing to say. It does open up a lot of good conversation about, like, you know, what is prohibition? What is the, yeah. like, 
nature and purpose of law and governance to man. Because, you know, anarchy sounds good on the top, but we also like roads. But at the same time, too, it misses the point. Hank is bad. Trans fats will kill you. But you know what? So will hysteria. So will E. coli. So wash your fucking hands. Yeah. But then also, so will everything else. So the onus of this episode is on the the viewer, the one who consumes it to do so responsibly. And I am responsibly rating it as a butane, goddammit. Fair enough. Well, guys? It is just the middlest of the road up the fucking... Anyway, John, final thoughts, anything else you want to say before we get the fuck out of here? No, um, guys, thanks for, for taking this this ride with us. It's been an interesting one this week for sure. Um, Johnny's definitely had more beer than he usually does, so hopefully that doesn't taint your your view of, of my critique of this week's episodes. But um, no, I, I guess I, I can end this the same way I do every single week, right? Come and check us out on Dangle Podcast. We are on... Uh, Instagram. No, 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 you can't do that. You can't do that. We can't do that. We can't do that. Oh, we can't. We can't. Do that. We're, I'm shooting. The, I'm jumping the gun here, aren't I? You're jumping the gun. You're jumping the shark. You're all horned up for mayhem. Johnny, do you still like King of the Hill? Buddy? Mark, I, I still love King of the Hill. I love it so much that I want this to end. <laughs> How about you, buddy? Yeah, because you'd rather like remember the good times instead of seeing that thing that you loved hold on and clasp and claw at dear life. And maybe there's some good times, but you realize there's starting to be more bad than good. But for right now, I don't want to put this old gal down. This has been a very weird week for us listeners. A lot yeah. of shit happened behind the scenes that you won't hear about, but I still love King of the Hill. We listeners, um, we hope you still love King of the Hill and you love us. We're sorry that this week got weird. Anyway, please go to Dangle Podcast to find us at Gmail, uh, Instagram, Twitter. Um, anybody that's not a sex bot on Twitter, say, come and say hi. And not you, Patrick Drawn fan. We fucking know you are, dog. Fucking knuckles to you. Also, shout out to our boy Nick. Happy late birthday one week later. Yeah! I found out before we could record this episode, but you're getting it one week late, homie. Happy birthday and many happy returns to you. Um, and listeners, in the meantime, uh, find me at Marky Stardust. Find me at I Can't Wait to Show the Kids, the other podcast I do. Or or find me at the Two Wizards podcast, the other other podcast I do. Uh, go check us out over there. Go check me out over there. Johnny, where can these good people find you, buddy? Uh, you can always contact me at Krautball. I'm on Instagram. Kraut is in sauerkraut. Ball is in Swedish meatball. Mark, I'm actually going to whip up a bunch of kraut balls here in a couple of hours. Uh, the lady and I. Guys, in case oh. you're curious, it's it's not really kraut balls. They're called kraut burgers. It's it's just a mixture of a bunch of ground beef and sauerkraut and, and some spices and shit that we all throw into a, a bunch of pizza dough and you cook it up and you eat it like a little, little hand pie, if you will. And it's the most incredible fucking German thing you've ever eaten. Go fucking do yourself a favor. Get yourself some hot mustard and eat one. Eat some of them kraut burgers. It's what it is. But always reach out to me on Krautball. I am, uh, hey, I'm always willing to talk. At least I, th- I like to think I am. I think I've been pretty responsive lately. Listeners, we love you. You know who you are, named and unnamed. Y'all are why we keep doing this. Um, my name is Mark, and I sell propane and podcast accessories. And my name is Johnny, and I'm going to continue telling you all how much I love King of the Hill, even long into whatever we happen to, to transform the dang old podcast into in just a few uh, few short months when we're finally finished up. The end is coming, and I'm not ready, but it's time to put this dog down. Good night, everybody!
<laughs> Have a good night, guys. We'll see you next week.